on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in a cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, that's a no, headshot, case closed What is up guys, it's Andy Frisella and this is the show for the realist Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness and delusions of modern society And welcome to motherfucking reality I'm here in my garage <laughs> Hey if this is your first time listening, we have shows within the show, all right? This is Q&AF. This is where you get to submit your questions, and we give you the answers. You can submit your questions a couple of different ways. The first way is... Guys, you can email those questions into askandy at andyfrasella.com. Or you can go on YouTube, go in the comments on uh, the Q&AF episodes, and drop your questions right there in the comments. Uh, other times you tune in, we have Real Talk. Real Talk is just 5 to 20 minutes of me giving you some Real Talk, and then other times... It will be uh, 75 Hard Verses. 75 Hard Verses is uh, where we bring people in. Uh, it's what you heard yesterday, actually, with me. Uh, we bring people in. Uh, we talk about 75 Hard. We talk about how it changed your lives, and then we talk about how you could change your life as well. If you didn't know, 75 Hard is the initial boot camp phase of the Live Hard program, which is available at episode 208 on the audio feed for free. It is not a paid program. It's one of the most popular programs in the world to get your shit together. And uh, we give it away for free. So go to episode 208 on the audio platforms, get that program, get your shit together, uh, come back and see us, and you can get on our level. How about that? All right. So you probably noticed uh, a little different setting today, but we figured we'd do something a little different. I have not only DJ here, but we also have the pastor of disaster, Mr. Vaughn Kohler. What's happening, bro? I can tell I've been on the show a couple times. You know how I can tell that? How's that? Because my follower number has increased but then i'm also getting uh visits from the fbi oh yeah yeah <laughs> they're knocking on your door yet yeah they're knocking on my door i can tell you know they're surveilling me so yeah. they go it feels from good to be part of the family it goes from following to sending weird people to your house yeah to knocking on your door yeah so depending on i don't know have you had any weirdos yet uh oh you know there's always weirdos okay but, well you yeah. might be moving up good Anybody that gets on Real AF moves up on the list. I don't yeah. have my own tinfoil <laughs> hat, though. You know? Huh? I don't have my own tinfoil hat. We can well, get we you can one. Fix that. You can, yeah. 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 We're, I mean, what do You've preachers... been on Real AF enough now where I think you qualify. What do, I, I what think do preachers, so. What, what do preachers wear on their heads? Because uh, like, you, got, you got the crown. People haven't seen my new one yet. Oh, I got I've got a, new a what do oh, they call it? you got a new one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that... I should know this since I'm did, Catholic. Did you just do a cone? Is that called a mitre? Like a bishop hat. Like a bishop's hat? Yeah. The yeah, pointy one, foil. yeah. The pointy one, yeah. yeah we can get, yeah, we I could have get, one of those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tino, hey, we got, we know a guy. Yeah, yeah. He Tino hooked it up, bro. He did. Tino's you know, man. I gotta show people. I, I feel like we gotta have something. Do we send Tino anything back? Fuck, you make me look like an ass right now. Hey, Tino, <laughs> check your mail, bro. We're sending you some shit. All right, Madonna, what's you. in your left pocket? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Up. So, uh, it's Q and AF, man. Yeah. So yeah, it is, man. I got I got some good ones for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you like that? You have that trademarked? No, I think you can't trademark that. It's common words. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, Trump, he tried to trademark. Uh, you're Make, fired, I think, didn't he? He did. Yeah. I remember that. And yeah, if he didn't succeed, out. I'm pretty sure you're not. Did he actually succeed. trademark that? No, he tried. It, it's common well, use. Oh yeah, yeah. it is. Because yeah, then you wouldn't be able to fire anybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm letting you go. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, All right. Right. Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get into it, man. Andy, I got some good ones for you, brother. Cool. Uh, Question number one, Andy. uh, On the last episode of Real AF, Trump turned himself in. He was arrested. There was a mugshot that has been released. Um, What do you make of his arrest? Well, I have a lot to say there. Uh, I think there's a lot to say 
I think everybody has a lot to say about it, apparently. Um, you know, first of all, I think it's a very negative thing uh, for the government to weaponize the justice system um, because what they're failing to realize is that the pendulum is already swinging back and by arresting him, and it was a terrible strategic move mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Um, it was a gr- I actually think the day he got arrested, he won the election. That's what I think. That's a bold statement. I, if, if the elections... Just statistically... If the elections yeah. are fair, yeah. which they're not, but I think he got enough people... I think a few things happened. He had... First of all, his mugshot is going to become probably the most famous photograph in the history of, of, of culture. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Uh, Trump already had the outlaw, the outlaw uh, persona, right? But now what we're seeing and what we've observed over the last few days is we're seeing people who voted for Biden come out and say actively, mm-hmm. like, I voted for Biden, but this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, this is not what we want. This is not America. And so the feeling that I think it's creating in the, in the population is actually very good for America because they're seeing how corrupt these people actually are. And it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. When you see this sort of thing happen, and then you think, okay, well, what's going to happen if these people get back in power? That's a scary thing. Yeah. Because now we're talking about a pendulum swinging back, and ultimately who's going to win with the pendulum swinging back and forth is the person who kills all the other people. From doing it again. Yes, and everybody understands that. We've seen that in history over and over and over again. And I think even the most asleep Americans are starting to wake up and realize, holy shit, this is real. I've seen, a, I've had a lot of messages from people over the last uh, three days where people are like, dude, I fucking hate Trump, but like I'll vote for him because of what they're doing to him. Mm-hmm. And so what I think they're making is a terrible strategic mistake. Uh, and I think all the people that are doing these things are exposing themselves to who the corrupt people are and who the corrupt people aren't. I think we're at a time right now where the actions of these people in the justice system, um, whether they go along with the persecution or they go along with the defense of Trump, we're very clearly going to be able to identify who is who, who are the criminals, who are the tyrants, um, and who are the regular people. And, uh, you know, I think that can only help Trump. Yeah. Let me ask you this because it, you know what what frightens me, man. And we talk about this. Obviously, we know this isn't CTI, but uh, let let's relate it. You you are an entrepreneur. You're a business owner. You have multiple businesses. It's safe to say that you know strategy, right? And and you're very conscious, especially when it comes to brand equity and 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 marketing, right? You're very conscious on those things. And when I see this, it's like they don't care about the optics. It's very obvious. They're all in, bro. They're blatantly they don't care about the optics, yeah. right? And so it's like when you're making strategic moves like this, as bold as they are, not caring what the optics look like or whatever the public perception is, what con- like what what does what what conclusion does that bring you to looking at that? Uh well, it tells me very clearly that they are all in. Yeah. Like and that's something that the conservative base and the common sense base of America is figuring out. Um you know, for the last 3 years as we've talked about these things, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, as you know, uh, where's your tinfoil hat? Right. You know, Andy Frisella and DJ, they're fucking domestic terrorists. They're conspiracy theorists. They're re- irresponsible. Right. Um, killing grandmas and shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and now people are like, 
like, dude, how many messages are we getting of people? Like the one that we put on last CTI where mm-hmm. the guy's like, dude, I, I didn't listen to your show because of this, and I realized I was wrong. Specifically the CTI. Yeah, yeah. dude. Look, yeah. I'm getting literally hundreds of those messages at this point in time. Yeah. So first of all, I'd like to say welcome back uh, to you guys. <laughs> you know, now, now all the people who said, fuck you, you're only good for personal development. Yeah. You're only this and that. You should stick to this. Those people are now coming around to realize that, like, I actually wasn't off base. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so welcome to the CTI shows, guys. That's the first thing I like. Um, but that's a, that's a snapshot of culture, yeah. right? That's showing that across the board, even the people who detested that sort of talk, because those people were not nice to us. Mm-mm. They were very mean. You know, fuck you. You're, you deserve to be in jail. Right. You're irresponsible. You're killing people. You're a piece of shit. All those people are now apologizing. Not all of them, but the ones that with integrity are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a snapshot of culture waking up. That's how I see it. Yeah. And so when I think of like how it affects the brand and how it affects brand equity for Trump, um, I think it solidifies him as an actual patriot. And people are starting to realize that this motherfucker is like somebody that we need to vote for or we're going to lose America. And, you know, to you guys who say the vote doesn't matter, I actually agree with you in a lot of ways. Um, I think there's a 10 to 20% fudging of the votes that they're able to get away with. But I think with the momentum that this man is building behind him, uh, there's no way to be able to overcome that that deficit. And that's why, like, those of you who say, I don't believe in voting, it's necessary for you to vote in case they do try to steal it because that way there'll be evidence of their efforts. So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, dude. Um, but ultimately... This is gassing Trump up, just like we talk about on real or on CTI all the time. Mm-hmm. It's putting the juice to him, uh, and these guys who are running against him, you know, they don't have an option but to persecute at the highest level because they understand that if they don't get their way, the accountability that's going to occur from that is going to be severe. I think they're also trying to like it's almost like they're poking the hornet's nest, right? Like because he's facing like over seven hundred years or something like that, facing the death penalty potentially, right? And if they go through with that. Wouldn't that be the perfect, uh, the the perfect play to get the reaction from the American patriots? The well, I think that's way. something to note, dude. I right? think it's very important for people to understand that it these people are trying to instigate a violent reaction or a mob reaction from the patriot community in America, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll know when it's time. Yeah, we'll know when it's time. It ain't time, right? You know what I mean? We'll know, and everybody needs to be smart. Everybody needs to be peaceful. And everybody also needs to remember that like all your fellow citizens and your relatives and your friends who are, you know, more left leaning than they have been right. Those people are all starting to wake up and you guys have to make room for those people to wake up. Like, like it doesn't do any good for like these people to, to come to us and apologize. Right. It doesn't do any good for us to be like, Hey, well, fuck off, bro. You're an asshole. Like, it's like, it's like, no dude. Well, great. This is awesome. Welcome to the team. You know, because that's what this is. This is us versus them. All the humans and all the citizens are on the same team and the top level tyrants are on another team. And the top level tyrants don't just exist here in America. They exist all over and they're organized. They organize themselves in like in uh, organizations like the World Economic Forum and NATO and these different organizations that uh, have been typically seen as good organizations. But the only reason they've been seen as good organizations is because we've had people representing our, our, our office that are affiliated with them. Yeah. And Trump is the first guy that actually isn't. Trump is the first guy that went in and said, hey, fuck you guys. We're not doing any of this stuff. And this is the reason that he's being persecuted. 
And I thought one of the best clips from the last uh, CTI that we did, besides India landing on the moon, <laughs> all right, was uh, was the clip uh, by the black gentleman in Atlanta. Yeah, with the shirt. Yep, the new my new favorite shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what's it say? New is for Trump twenty twenty four. I can't say it. <laughs> sure you can. <laughs> no, one dude said it. <laughs> hey, what? Yeah, no shit, dude. Anyway, these listen. Here's here's what I actually think is going to happen, dude. Um. By the way, I'm smoking a cigar. It's not weed. Uh, the I actually think the shirt of Trump's mugshot and then that shirt that that guy wore are going to be worn everywhere. Yeah, I think we're going to see people and, and dude, that's going to create a cultural phenomenon potentially that changes the entire landscape. Because why did Trump actually? Why were they able to cheat the election? Well, the reason they were able to cheat the election is because of this thing called the silent majority. The silent majority wasn't vocal the way that they should have been, right? Yeah. So they were able to convince people that not as many people were with Trump than what we thought there were yeah. because a half of them were fucking quiet because they don't want to offend anybody. Well, and the MAGA hats were too divisive, too, at that time. I, I, yeah, like, I still don't like MAGA. I, still, like, I, mean, I, I, I don't MAGA like the MAGA hat. slogan, dude. Yeah. I don't like Make America Great Again. And by the way, Trump didn't come up with Make America Great Again. You know who came up with that? Ronald Reagan. That's a Reagan slogan, mm. all right? So... When we talk about make America great again, the reason it didn't resonate with a lot of fucking people was because for a lot of people, America's never been great, right? Like there's a lot of pe black America who says, what do you mean make America great again? W when was it great? Was it great when we were slaves? Right. Was it great when we were persecuted? Was it great when we were getting fire hosed, right? right? And now black America's waking up like that gentleman in Atlanta and he's like, look, dude, this is the justice system they've been using against black men the entire time. And that's, that's a valid point. And so like, dude, over the last three days, I've seen more black Americans start to stand up and realize that Trump is actually fucking the opposite of what they've been told. And I think what these two, these two shirts specifically, I think a year from now, you will see white people, black people, and everybody wearing that shirt and, and both of those shirts to create a fucking movement yeah. that we're like, dude, we're all getting along. We're all like, fuck all these people. We're back to America. We can laugh at each other. We can make jokes about each other, but we love each other and we're friends and we're going to work together. Yeah. Vaughn, Va, so, what did you think when you saw that moment? Yeah, time? well, this is what I thought about all this, is that, uh, you know, anybody familiar with the end of the movie Braveheart knows that William Wallace is, of course, captured by the English and Edward Longshanks, and uh, they're going to they're gonna execute him, but instead of just executing them, they put him through this pretty rigorous torture, uh, cruel and unusual punishment, and when he first is carted out, the crowd is completely against him, right? They're They're mocking him, they're jeering him, but over the course of the the execution, when they see, man, this guy is really being uh, cruelly treated, but he's bearing up under it in this really heroic and valiant way, all of a sudden the crowd starts shifting, and instead of them jeering at him, they start Say saying, mercy. they start saying, mercy, mercy, yeah. and he ends up inspiring everybody. Now, I am not saying that Donald Trump is William Wallace, but it's the same effect is happening. That's correct. Is that people are looking at Trump and they're saying, wait a minute. Like, there are people who hate him. There are people who are treating him uh, way beyond what he deserves. There's all sorts of foul play going on. And what it's doing is it's, it's kind of generating some sympathy. They're seeing how he's handling it, and they're going, okay, maybe this guy's not so bad. Mm. And they're saying, if, if he is being treated this badly. What are they going to do to me? Like, what are they going to do to me? And who is he threatening? And so, again, I want to emphasize, I'm not putting Trump on the level of, of William Wallace but I am saying that the same effect is happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting? 
Uh, for those of you that are going to ask, this is a Padron 64 uh, Torpedo. It's a good cigar. Yeah, it's a great cigar. And I got onto these because of my friend Derek Barton. Thanks, Derek. Um, I think you're 100% right. I think that's the social phenomenon that's, gonna, that's being created right now. He's being made to be a martyr. It's a terrible strategy by the left, uh, by the communists, okay? Let's be real. And, you know, a lot of people who don't like Trump are being like, bro, yeah, I didn't like his fucking tweets, and he definitely wasn't presidential, but what the fuck, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's the narrative that I'm hearing and seeing yeah. and observing. Yeah. And I'm yeah. hearing it from people that don't necessarily like what you and I do on the show every day. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Interesting point. Um, so do you know who Dean Stott is? The name seems familiar, but yeah, no. he had him on the show uh, a few times. He's been on twice. Twice, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, last show he was on, we talked about kilts because he's uh, from England, and uh, his wife is mm. from Scotland. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the tartans. I didn't know what a tartan was, so they actually went and did. Re- this is I got to tell this story. No, no, I, I, I was hoping it, you would. Yeah, because it comes up and it came up in the conversation. So they did the research on the tartan for my heritage, all right, for Sella. And what they found is fucking incredible. It's wild shit. So they found that my name for Sella came from a tribe in Rome that actually went through France and went up to Scotland in, in the year 1100. And they were actually called Frizzilli in Rome, went through Spain, and their name changed. And eventually when they got to Scotland, they were called the Fraser clan. Hmm. And the Fraser clan was one of the most vicious warrior clans in Scottish history. And the Fraser clan, the leader of the Fraser clan, was actually executed with, look at me, with William Wallace by King Edward I. Yep. And the phrase, this is my ancestor. Wow. My fucking ancestor. The phrase, you've heard, laugh your head off, yeah. comes from when they executed this guy with William Wallace because when they executed him, he fucking laughed in their face. And it started the phrase fucking crazy, dude. Yes. That is crazy. Yes. But I mean, dude, even go to your 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 grandfather, your dad's dad. Like, I mean, yeah. like your bloodline is full crazy. of fucking. It's probably why I don't give a fuck. It's, uh, dude. It's pretty. I mean, you talk about universal purpose, man. Like, I mean, I don't know how many other clues you need other than that, but that that's some pretty crazy stuff. Well, well look, man. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could read the whole story. It's it's a long story, but like, that's fucking incredible. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. So my long lost fucking relative from like 1500, okay, was one of the dudes that was killed with fucking William Wallace by King Edward. That's crazy. Yes. Wild. Wild. That's fucking insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm speechless. My people were pretty cool too. Were they? We weren't always slaves. Because <laughs> they, they did one on me too. It was was actually pretty cool. I mean, for the record, the reason I was looking down was because, um, you're telling this great story, and it makes me think of uh, when I was going through my cancer and I was watching this uh, documentary uh, reality TV show called Men in Kilts, and uh, it's really great if you guys should check it out. But they told the story of uh, apparently the reason that they played bagpipes back in the day was that was like a that was meant to get the and I'm going to get it wrong here, so some of you who are Scottish or Irish are going to hate me for this, but I think it was it was meant to get the Scottish. Isn't isn't bagpipes Scottish or is it Irish? I- I'm not sure. I believe it's Scottish. Okay, so it was meant that it was like a it was like a a a, a war anthem. You played the the bagpipes to get people psyched up for war. Well, on D Day, there was a guy. I mean, you know, the the Normandy invasion. There was a guy who I guess was one of the Scottish regulars 
and he didn't even have a uh, he didn't even have a gun or any sort of armament. He just played the bagpipes, and he was like m- m- trying to in, uh, inspire everybody else around him. It's kind of like how in Revolutionary War they play drums. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's kind of crazy. Like what kind of you know what it's going to be like, this time? Fucking Young Dolph. <laughs> young Dolph. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right, it is, but bro. To to have that kind of like hey, confidence and future and and and, uh, and I got you. <laughs> It's just amazing to me that there would be somebody who would like literally storm the the beaches of Normandy with nothing but a bagpipe. And it made me think of that. Some people are just have that kind of moxie, you know? We all have it. It's been suppressed. Hmm. Let me read you this email. So this is the email that Alana uh, Stott sent to Emily describing this, this tartan. The Frisella name descends from the Frizillies who come from the clan Fraser, the first recorded in Scotland around 1160. Simon Fraser owned land in East Lothian and Aberdeenshire, giving the name to Fraserburg, Aberdeenshire. This is about 40 minutes from where I was born. This is what she said. And I might mispronounce some of this stuff, guys. <laughs> the Fraser clan's motto is Zeus Prest, meaning I am ready. And the clan's crest is a buck's head. They are descended from the, Norm- the Norman Knights originally crossing the Anjou district of France and the name comes from the French Frazou family, who themselves originated in a savage tribe called the Frizelli in Roman guard. The name comes from the French word strawberry, fraise, so that the strawberry became part of the tribal badge and then on to the Fraser coat of arms. Sir Simon Fraser fought with both William Wallace and Robert the Bruce before he was captured and brutally hanged and drawn and quartered by King Edward I. Hmm. That's crazy. That's fucking insane, dude. Okay. The Frasers uh, at the Battle of 1544 suffered devastating losses with only five Frasers surviving the battle, and it was named the Battle of the Shirts due to the heat causing the men to remove their kilts. So they fought with their dicks out. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. All right. The Frasers rose to fame during some of the most important battles in Scottish history, including the Battle of Culloden, in 1745. So they were killed down to five people and then in 1745 have re-established themselves and helped them win this battle. There are many cool stories about the clan, including the phrase, laugh your head off, which comes from the execution of Simon Fraser when he was captured by King Edward and, and during his beheading, he kept laughing at his captors. That's crazy. That's fucking insane. Dude. That is. That's uh, a great story. My bloodline's a bunch of bad motherfuckers. Yeah. Real talk. I mean, listen. Yeah. Well, listen, if they get me, I'll be laughing too. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> laugh your dick off. Yeah, that's, that's right. be the next phrase. I'm, I'm going to have no fucking <laughs> pants on, and I'm going to be laughing. Uh, all right. Um, anyway, that's what I think. No, that's, that's real shit, man. That's awesome. a cool story, huh? Yeah, that is a very cool story. Yeah, that's real shit, man. Guys, in the comments, let us know what you guys think about the Trump arrests. Uh, let us know down in the comments. Let's get on to question number two. Got it. Uh, question number two, Andy. I was curious about your thoughts on competition. With all the free advice you give out, do you ever worry that someone will use it as a blueprint to move in on your space, or do you welcome competition and know that most people simply won't put what you say into action, or do you think about it in a completely different way altogether? I would love to know your point of view on this. Um, Yeah, that's a great question. my, my views on competition have evolved. Um, when I was a little bit younger, I think back when we were doing the original MF CEO, I wanted to fucking cut everybody's throat and step on their fucking faces. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I realized that nobody likes you when you act like that. 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I felt very alone and I started to like really examine how I looked at people and, and looked at competition and how I look at it now is very different than I looked at it even 10 years ago or eight years ago, or even, you know, maybe five years ago. Um, I see us all as being on the same team and I do not believe that there's a limited amount of success. I think there's mm. unlimited amounts of success. And I do give away all of my secrets, either on the show or if you join Arate, I give you the in-depth shit. And there's a lot of guys who own companies competitive to mine that are in Arate. And to their credit, real talk, there's some, some of the biggest nutrition companies that are out right now, those owners have sent me emails or letters or messages and, and thanking me for the information because it's helped them build their companies. And the reality of, of that, I think, is amazing because I think that's creating a situation where people are going out, they're uh, creating good ethical companies, um, they're employing people, they are you know, helping people, they're doing business the right way. Because you have to remember, when I got into the supplement industry in the nutrition space, it was very much a, an offshoot of the porn space. It was just a bunch of hot girls with, you know, uh, jacked up dudes. Yeah, with like a bottle of protein, right? Yeah. And and people saying, you know, to do hard work or to work hard, that was not a thing. It wasn't. Mm. A, it wasn't a thing to say, hey, you're gonna have to fucking work really hard. We we started with that back in like 2013, and now the whole industry is like that. Everybody understands that if you take a fucking supplement, you're gonna have to fucking work hard, which is an ethical viewpoint, right? Because the reality is, it doesn't matter what you take. It's not going to do the work for you. There's yeah. nothing out there like that. So, one, I think it's it's created and pivoted the industry in, a, in an ethical way, which I'm very proud of. But two, I think at this point, it's actually it's actually pivoted in a, a business culture as a whole uh, to that line. You know, we have thousands of people in the Arte Syndicate, and all these people are running similar types of businesses to the kinds that I run, but in their spaces. So we're now we're changing business culture. And when I look at com competitors, uh, some of my very best friends own competitive companies. You know, like Hani Rambot is my very best friend that I talk to on a daily basis um, that's not related to me. No. I talk to him every single day. I've talked to him every single day since you've been around me. I've been around okay? every single day. No. He owns a competitive company called Evagen. He fucking helps me with my physique and my training and we talk business and I help him with his business and we talk back and forth and trade ideas. And there's other guys like that too in the industry that I have a ton of respect for. And bottom line is how I look at it now is this. Like, look, dude, I've, I've, done, I've done very well. I've made myself a very successful human being. Um, it's, it, first of all, when you're the only person that's winning, it's not that much fun. All right? So it's more fun when your friends are winning. All right? And unfortunately, who you're going to become friends with in your business uh, is uh, probably your competition yeah. because they know the most about you. Uh, they're in the same fight. They understand what the fuck is going on. And, you know, a lot of people hesitate to be friendly with their competition because they're afraid that they're going to share their secret. Listen, dude, you don't have any fucking secrets, bro. There's no secrets. It's real simple. Do the right thing. Do the best you can. Work really fucking hard. Find the little things here and there that work and go with those things. And they're not secret. And so the first thing is, is I like to help my friends succeed um, that are in the same industry as me directly. Like I will get on the phone with people who own other companies all the time and fucking be like, all right, well, how can I help? Yeah. You know, that, ha that happens every single week. Uh, not honey, you know, other people. 
And, um, and by the way, Hani reciprocates that. Like, he has ideas, too. I'm not just saying, like... It's, not, it's a trade-off. Yes. Yeah. So, so the first thing is, is, you know, you want to be, you, you be friendly with people and help them win because when you help them win, then you're not the only one winning, all right? And then there's the karma aspect. When you help other people win, even when they're your competition, now you're putting out in the universe that you fucking love winning. And, when, you know, when you put out in the universe that you love winning, guess what happens to you? You win more, all right? So there's that. But here's the most important part of that, uh, of my thinking on competition. I enjoy being friends with people who are like, that push me, that are getting good, that are being better, that are doing great things. It, it, it inspires me to like go hard, you know what I mean? And like, dude, when you're already successful and you have a, a lot of success, the the amount of drive that you have, it's just not the same as when you had nothing. It's hard to find that inspiration. Correct. So yeah. like when you look at your competition as a, as somebody that you're going to make better so that then you're going to get better, that's a healthy way to look at it. And it's also a fun way to look at it because now you're friends, there's a healthy competition, you work together, you both win more. And, and then when you both win more, you both win more. And that's how I look at it. And I think, um, I think if the I think of American culture and business, especially small business, was more like that, we'd have a lot more success across the board. So, yeah. uh, and of course, I want to fucking win. Like, dude, I'm in competition with everybody I'm around, bro. There's not a human being that I'm around, period, that I'm not trying to beat in every single way. Like, I'm trying to be wittier than you. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be more jacked than you. Funnier. I'm trying to be funnier. I'm trying to right. make more money. I'm trying to fucking, I'm trying to do everything better. But that doesn't mean I don't want that for you. That just means I'm trying to do the best that I can. And if someone else is also pushing, now all of a sudden we're in this dynamic where it's like, and you're leveling up with someone, yeah. right? So like, you know, that's kind of my, that's my overall view on it. I think, I think it's healthy to support people. I think it's good. I think it creates uh, relationships. And I think, um, I think ultimately you're way more fulfilled and way happier in that scenario when you approach competition that way. Because here's the reality. The reality is you're not going to get everybody. You're not going to get all the customers. You're not going to get all the money. You're not going to be the most jacked. You're not going to be the most rich. You're not going to be the, the, you're not going to be the biggest dick. Like that's the fucking reality of life. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Mm. Right? So, um, and it's cool to be around people who are also winning because you learn from them, you get better, they learn from you and it be, creates great friendships. Yeah. And, and that was something I didn't understand at earlier part of my career, you know? Mm. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. The only thing I would add would be that, you know, Urban Meyer can teach me everything there is to know about the spread offense, but pretty sure he's going to do it better than I am. So we, you can give people the ingredients, but you're still going to make a better cake than most people. Yeah, but, but if you know I can saying like, yeah, yeah, no, totally dude. But if I could teach somebody like, look, man, okay. Like Nick Saban had a situation where his, uh, his, the guy at Georgia, I believe used to be on Nick Saban's crew. Yeah. Kirby smart. Right. And, Kirby's beat Nick a few times, right? Mm -hmm. And Nick's Nick's like like you could tell when when Kirby beat him, oh. Nick was fucking happy about it. Yeah. He was he, he he was emotional about it. Like, bro, that's a fucking huge deal. Yeah. And like you when you're winning at a level of like when you're talking about like you don't have any fucking like thing to worry about, you don't mm -hmm. have any like you're not starving, you can look at it differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the key is to look at it differently when you don't have anything. Because then you actually rise up with people. Yeah. So oh, I want to I want to go back because when you first answered this question, Andy, you said that that's not how you were, and I want to ask you this: like, do you 
what was that mentality that you had early on where it was fucking it's kill everybody right like would you say that that was necessary though right like was that a necessary part of that journey is to have that type of drive at least in the initial beginning yeah i do i think that when you don't have anything i think it's really fucking you're desperate and yeah. you're ready you like look, had man, you been just open cool i didn't know anything then bro yeah. Yeah. Like now I know shit, right. you know, when I, when you don't know shit, you're insecure about what you don't know. So you're more aggressive towards the competition mm. when you know shit and you're confident in your abilities. I mean, let's look at my level of success that I achieved being like that versus where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Completely different. Right. Right. And I don't think I'd be here right now had I not made that evolution. Mm. So I think it's important for people to recognize that competition is an amazing thing. It's actually what drives all innovation. It's what drives all development. It's what drives all growth. And if you could be friends with those people you're competing against, it drives you. You make amazing friendships because they all know what you're going through. You can all relate, um, and then ultimately those people end up making you stay on the path and get better and better and better down their path. Yeah, that's beautiful because what I'm getting is like basically like that mentality of the aggressiveness. Fuck everybody. That's gonna get you. That'll get you pretty successful. But there is gonna be a like a governor, a restriction on that limit as far as how much further past that you can go. With that mentality. And I talked about this when we did my show, real, when we, he was on Real AF a while back. Um, yeah, it is going to limit you if you maintain that type of personality. Yeah. Because you're going to get on a level, you're going to try to level up, and there's all these people above you on the ladder, and you've got a poor attitude where you're like, fuck you guys, I'm going to mm -hmm. fucking kill you. And what happens is, you know, the people up on the ladder, because you have to network, and you have to work with people, and you have to use resources together. Um, and it can't just be fuck everybody. They'll kick you off the ladder, bro. Yeah. You'll get to a certain point and the people above you will look down and be like, yeah. <laughs> and they'll all look at each other and be like, that guy's not one of us. Yeah. And they'll kick him one, off. One, two, the three, kick. Yeah. Kick all and they'll all kick him off the ladder. <laughs> and so that's that's what people don't realize. And you yeah. do see this with a lot, a lot of young entrepreneurs. I see this on the internet now talking all this crazy shit. And it's like, bro, the problem that you're talking all this shit, yeah, you might be able to make, you know, you might be able to build a $100 million company like that, but it'll never be a billion dollar company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, you know, and just the, one more thing. And you'll I'll, be lonely. Yeah. And you'll be pissed off all the time. Because yeah. all you're looking at is every single fucking buddy's move, and you're like, fuck that guy, fuck that guy, fuck that guy. Right. And it's, you're pissed off all the time. It's just not a way to be. I want to I ask you this, too, because I, I feel like, because I've seen some of those moments where people are getting kicked off the ladder, right? I've seen those moments, and we ain't got to go into detail, but I think what's always funny, at least from the few times that I've seen it, those people that are getting kicked off, they have no idea. Why? That they were kicked off yeah. and by who? Yeah. They think it's just... They think their shit's just stalling out. Dude. No, nobody ahead of you wants to help you and they refuse to help you because you're an asshole. How ignorant is that of awareness? Like, is that a lack of awareness thing? What is that? Yeah, I think nobody ever said, like, they never came to a realization of like, oh shit, I got to actually work with people to be successful. Mm. Look, dude, uh, people talk shit about Obama, right? Mm -hmm. Like they say, oh, Obama's piece... And I agree, I don't like Obama. Dates a man, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but... uh <laughs> You know, he said something back when he was in office that everybody got pissed off about, including me. And he's like, he was talking about your business. And he's like, you didn't build that business. And he's actually right. Because mm. you can only do so much as one person. You have to have people that help you. And those people that help you are not just your employees. They're not just your family. They're not just your friends. They're also your competitors. And you have to get to a certain level to understand that. Yeah. And most people never get to that level. Yeah. And it's sad because a lot of people will build a good business, be angry doing it, then get kicked off the ladder and be more angry because their business isn't progressing like it should without the awareness of like, dude, the reason your, your business is not progressing like it should 
It's because all the other guys that hold the key for you to keep moving up aren't giving you any access to it. Mm. It's your fault. Yeah, it is your fault. Yeah. You know, yeah. so don't That's be a dick. Shit, man. I My love observation that. is that the truly successful people are really able to do that, that godfather distinction between it's personal or it's business. Like in the political realm, you look back in the 80s and you had Ronald Reagan, conservative Republican president, and then you had Tip O'Neill, who was, you know, left-leaning Democrat House speaker, right? Well, in their personal lives, they were really, really good friends. In their political lives, they were ardent enemies. And people used to, like, scratch their heads going, like, how is this even possible? And they asked Reagan about it one time, and he said, oh, cocktails in the evening, pistols at dawn. And I think, mm. I think that's the mentality that successful people have. Like, I can be personal friends with somebody. I can, I can wish them well. I can do whatever I can to, uh, to contribute to their, their success. But when it comes to going head to head, yeah, it's going to be a battle. I'll tell you this. The top 10 people I talk to on a regular basis, eight of them are competitors of mine. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's reality mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. And you know what? We don't give a fuck. We're all out. And then when I win and I fucking text them, I say, yeah, dude, listen, what happened? They're happy. When they win, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's fun, dude. It makes it way more fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really want to ask this this follow up. I don't think I've ever. I know I haven't asked you this before, but when when that that whole phrase, like going back to Vaughn's point, the whole phrase business is like it's business. Business is business, right? Like, mm -hmm. what 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 situation was there where like you first learned that that like that that came to be a true saying for you? Like, it, you know, this is just business. When when did that come for you? There's very few situations where I think that's actually true. Hmm. I think that's. A, a viewpoint of people that actually have never experienced it. I, I think, I think when you make a decision in business, there's always a, a personal aspect to that. Like, mm -hmm. like when you have to let go of an employee, right? Um, there's two different perspectives that you have that suck. They, they, they both suck. All right, here it is. This person's not doing their job. They're, they're, they're hurting your culture. They're not, they're not rowing the boat the right way. They don't deserve to be here. Okay, but you also know they have three kids at home and you also know that they have bills to pay. And you also know that if you fucking fire them, they're in, they're fucked. Okay. Yeah. On the other hand, you have to look at all the people who are rowing the boat and you have to look at all the people who are on the team doing what they're supposed to do and working as hard as they can to get ahead. And if you don't let go of this person, you're hurting these people over here. All right. And that's a very that's a tough spot that most people in business or as an employee of a company, they, they assume that that thought never actually happens. And the reason that, you know, uh, a lot of people have their jobs is because there's grace given to that discussion in the business. Right. Yeah. And so like, I've, you know, I think there's guys who run their business as a business, like, Hey, just fuck them. Let them go. Fuck. I, I agree with that. But I think if that's how you, if you run your business that way, um, you're never going to get the bought-in culture of true human potential of creative buy-in um, amongst your amongst your movement, whatever that might be. Yeah. So I think it's just you know I I think, and sometimes you get burned by it. Sometimes you give somebody too much grace and they fuck you. That's business. Yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> right, but at right. the end of the day, the net positive is is far greater in my opinion. Yeah, I love that man. I love that. Uh, guys, Andy, our third and final question. Question number three. Andy, uh, this is a, a question about uh, employees' leadership. Uh, Andy, does it pay off 
to take employees to leadership or personal growth seminars? Or is it better to just teach leadership from within the company? I think both. Um, I, I personally think it's better for you to learn the information and then be the teacher of the information because then the value is coming from you, which means they reciprocate the value, right? So what, that mean, what I mean by that is if, you know, I learn something from Urban Meyer, right, um, about leadership, then I go teach whatever I learned, and I might say, you know, I learned this from Urban Meyer, but I teach it, okay? Mm. I think when you outsource the, I think when you out, you have to be careful when you outsource the personal development. And a lot of people like to outsource it because they don't want to put the time and the energy into actually learning it themselves. They say, oh, I'll just send my guys to Jocko's leadership school right. and they'll come back perfectly. But here's the problem. When they come back perfect leaders, uh, they don't want to lead for you. Right. Okay. So there's going to lead you actually. Or they're going to go somewhere where they respect the leadership who actually taught them that. Yeah. Right. So like you have to think of it from that aspect. I think there's definite value in sending your team to learn from certain organizations and certain people. But I think that should also be coupled with you becoming the best teacher of personal development and skill set that you possibly can be. And I think the reason that a lot of people like to outsource their employees to other people is because they don't want to do it themselves. It's very hard. It's very difficult. It takes a long time. Uh, but what they're short-sighted in seeing is that they're, create, they're missing a big opportunity to create some reciprocating value uh, with your employees and your team. Yeah. You know, what do you think? I think influence isn't just what is said, it's who is saying it. And I, to your point, like you can get information from anybody, like anybody can, can watch videos from Jocko or Tony Robbins or whoever happens to be the guru. But for you to actually exercise influence over your people, you have to be the one who's providing the influence. You have to be the one who's teaching because you're teaching within the context of a real relationship. Mm. I mean, I would argue that as great as those guys are, they're never going to have the impact that you do as the, the leader of your company, because you're going to, you're going to not just provide information. You're going to provide incarnation. You're going to li literally embody it in your day-to-day -day actions. And that's going to exercise infinitely more uh, power and influence over your people than any guru ever could. Why do you think it is that so many people, instead of learning this stuff themselves, want to outsource to other people? Do you think it's just laziness or do you think it's incompetence or do you think it's lack of confidence? Like, what do you think it is? I think it's a little both. I think, I think people don't want to work hard, uh, sort of by nature. You have to force yourself to work a little harder. But I also think it's probably people, people probably assume that leadership is having all the answers which I think you would agree is, is not true. Leadership is not yeah. having all the answers. No. It's being willing to find all the answers or to work on it until you get the answer. And I think people just need to give themselves a little bit more credit and say, okay, um, I, don't have to ha I don't have to have all the information you know, in my head. I, I'm a work in progress, but if I show people, and you're good at this, if I show people that you know, just because I don't have the answer doesn't mean I can't find it, I think that's incredibly inspiring. Because you're taking people along on your journey, and, and that's what inspires people. I think another thing, too, and I agree with that. I think another thing, too, with this is that a lot of people think that leadership is um, almost like an authoritarian role, mm -hmm. like, you're, like a dictator role. Mm -hmm. When in reality, leadership is not about having 
any of the answers. It's about being able to understand what are the answers. Mm -hmm. And so when you're sitting with mm -hmm. a team and you've got 10 people in the room and you have an idea, well, those other nine people have an idea too. Right. And your job as a leader is to have enough humility to let all those ideas be heard and then pick the one that's going to benefit your movement or your company or your team the best, regardless of whose idea it is. And ultimately, I think that's where leaderships either uh, gets respect or doesn't get respect based upon how well they navigate that dynamic. Because when we think about traditional bosses or CEOs or leaders, what do we think of? You know, we think of that meme where it shows like all these people pulling that big brick and the guy sitting on the brick is yelling at everybody or, and, they, and it says boss, right? Mm -hmm. Or the, the leaders up at the front of the line pulling the brick, right? Mm -hmm. And then that one says leader. That's the truth. The leadership, true respected leaders are people who do not have all the answers, but act in what's in the best interest of all the people in their organization and the organization's goals, regardless of that comes from their own brain or other people's brain. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to this topic of sending and outsourcing their, their skill sets, I think, you know, a lot of people have boss mentality. I think they think that they're going to, you know, check out on Thursday and come back on Tuesday and, you know, because they sent all their leadership people to, you know, Echelon Front to learn leadership, which, by the way, is an awesome fucking program. Um, they they think that they're just good. And, you know, that'll never work. That'll that'll never work without your piece of it. And so um, you're either going to learn how to lead and you're going to learn how to teach and you're going to learn how to create reciprocating value amongst your team, recognize the best ideas or those quality people who are also who want to go win. They're going to go win for somebody who does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Andy, I'm so so. Let, let's say I'm a business owner. I'm listening to this, and I actually just filled out the fucking invoice to send my team to to you know this offsite training, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have the the leadership skills. I understand there's a void. Where do I start? Uh, I would start by going with them. Mm -hmm. Why don't you sign yourself up too? Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to the lake, right? <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I love it, man. Look, dude, reading too, man. Like, there's a lot you can learn from reading. You know, people, there's plenty of people out there who are like, well, I don't read books. I don't read books. Well, you're a fucking idiot. Right. Because let me tell you something. There's only two ways to fucking learn. Two. The first way is you go out and get your brains beat in. You learn from your own experience. You know what the second way to learn is? You learn from other people's experience. Mm -hmm. And you have books that have thousands of years of human experience in every single aspect of reality that people are unwilling to tackle or look at or, you know, read or absorb because they think there's no value in it because you have some of these dumbasses on the internet saying books are outdated or I don't read books. Well, if you don't read books, bro, I'm going to crush you. Mm -hmm. It's going to be brutal crushing, all right? Because I'm learning from 17 other fucking leaders who have all been through the same shit I'm going through, business guys, yeah. CEOs. I've heard all their experiences of it. And you're just going off of what you think. What you think might be right. Bro, you're going to get your ass beat that way. No. Okay, so anybody anybody who says, books are overrated, I don't read, I don't do this, bro, don't ever buy anything from them, don't listen to them, don't fucking, nothing. Those are egotistical people who are trying to pretend like they have all the answers when they do not, all right? Which is a third part of this discussion, because that's the third part, right? The third part is the people who capture all the information and then decide it's all theirs, and they didn't learn it from anybody, and they're Jesus. Nope, <laughs> nobody likes that leader either, no. all right? 
So my advice is, and I don't care who this offends, if someone tells you that they don't read books or that they don't fucking look at books, that's not someone worth listening to because they're, they're only giving you 50% of the available information, which is based off their own experience. And I bet probably someone who has that most, in most cases, doesn't even have that much experience. Mm. So that's why we talk about reading 10 pages a day of personal development in the Live Hard program. It's a massive, massive, massive tool that most people don't utilize. You know, there is no difference between someone who can't read and someone who won't read. There's no fucking difference. It's the same thing. Okay, so you, most people out here are going through life as an illiterate person because they're choosing not to utilize the available resources around them. Think how ridiculous that is. I'm choosing to go through life illiterate. It's, it's not a good idea. No, no, it's not. Guys, I love it, man. I love it. This was nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah this is nice. Nice. Yeah. nice. nice little change of pace. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, hey, listen. Thanks for joining us on the show. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Do not forget to click subscribe. Hey, if you're listening on audio, do us a solid, man. Go over to YouTube and click subscribe. Even if you don't watch the YouTubes, give us some help, man. Yeah. We got millions and millions of people on audio, and our YouTube just started. We could use a little, little extra boost there. Well, so love, yeah. Give us some love. All right? And by the way, uh, don't be a hoe. Went from sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on